Private Lender Podcast, Episode 65. The Private Lender Podcast quote of the day comes to us from Jonas Salk, who said, Hope lies in dreams and imagination and in the courage of those who dare to make dreams into reality. This is the Private Lender Podcast, the show that shares practical advice and know-how for new and seasoned lenders, from private mortgages on single-family houses to joint ventures on commercial projects and beyond. Discover details about investment vehicles that you won't find at your local bank or online broker. Listen and learn from private lenders and real estate investors, as well as from professionals and entrepreneurs, as they share the details, strategies, and the insight that allows for successful and prosperous lending. Now, get ready to increase your ROI. Here's your host, Keith Baker. Dun, 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 dun. I got 99 first world problems, and I'm grateful for everyone. Everybody's welcome here at the Private Lender Podcast, and you don't need a ticket to get in. You just need an internet connection and some device with a speaker of some type. I'm your host, Keith Baker, and you're listening to episode number 65. My goal is to help people just like you and me keep their money as safe as possible while building wealth with old world pragmatism and without banks or Wall Street brokers. If you're looking for a way to learn how to build your wealth by utilizing time-tested methods in this ever-changing world, then my friend, you are in the right place. Look, I'd like to thank you for sharing your time with me today because I know it's valuable, because mine is, so yours is as well. So let's go ahead and jump right into today's topic, which is going to be about defining, utilizing, and threatening (laughs) penalties for borrowers who are late on their payments. So Meaning if most of my payments for my loans are due on the first of the month, there's going to be a three to five day grace period after which they haven't paid the payments considered late. And there's normally a percentage of that payment penalty. So like 5%, 10%, for example. And we'll get into the legal aspects of it here in just a second. But just for the, to explain what we're going to do today, I want to put it out there. So yeah, there's a late payment after the grace period, legally by contract, by the documents, the, the promissory note backed by the deed of trust, allows the lender to charge the penalty. And it has recently been brought to my, I was questioned when to use them. And it kind of struck me oddly, I guess, because my immediate re-answer was always. It just kind of threw me out. Like, always, if, if someone doesn't make a payment, if I miss a payment, I get dinged somehow, some way. Whether it be a credit card, a mortgage, a car payment installment, any agreed installment payment. If I don't make it, I get dinged. So it really kind of took me back. Why wouldn't you think about that? And, well, I've made this loan to a friend. I'm like, ah, 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 see, there, there you go. There's a friend first, and that's the basis of the loan. And what's the number one pillar? Never lend any money to a friend or family member who is in need, but rather give them the money without the expectation of it being paid back. And these are the contingencies you kind of have to plan for and, and the stresses that you can mitigate ahead of time by sticking to rules and not loaning to friends. Hey, if it's a good deal, set them up with somebody that's willing to lend or someone that, you know, it might be a symbiotic relationship. It's like doctors don't operate on their own family. And I kind of take that same approach with lending because people get funny about money. Well, they certainly can. Most oftentimes we do. So that's right there is that rule why that pillar comes into place for me. And look, do I always follow it? <laughs> no. We all got that one family member or that one friend we break the rules for. And that's not a judgment. It's just kind of the reality. But if you go into your lending with this attitude, 
armed with this attitude, then it's easier to not feel guilty because you've set up your parameters. Those parameters are agreed to, and then the other party fails to live up to it. You get to do what is allowable by contract. So that includes not just foreclosure, but charging for late payments. So let's go ahead and jump right into the legality issue of this. I've only done this in the state of Texas. I only am speaking from the state of Texas. So wherever you are, obviously, I will defer to an attorney who's uh, licensed with your state bar who does real estate transactions as their primary mode of earning money. And this is why having, I think, several attorneys on your team is, is good. Oftentimes, we take what attorneys say as the gospel, much like a doctor, or unfortunately, like a weatherman. And when those things don't pan out the way we were told, we get upset and, and we blame them. So that's one thing to keep in mind, but it's not a reason not to use attorneys. They're going to be the closest to the court cases. They're going to have the access. And I'll give you a prime example. I was looking back through some of my promissory notes, and they're the lowest penalty I've ever been legally allowed to charge. was The lowest I've done is 5%, and that was one of the early loans I did. And I just used the title company's attorney, which, again, I recommend. You certainly can. I have in the past, but that attorney doesn't work for you. So I like having attorneys that work for me to protect my interests. They don't care about the title companies. They don't care about the borrowers. They care about protecting my interests. That's what you need. But like I said, <laughs> here I am reading you know, a promissory note off of that was drafted by a, a title company's attorney. So you know, full disclosure, I've not always walked the straight line So that I try to tell people to do. It. So anyway, just a little uh, full disclosure there. So the lowest was 5% and the highest was actually 15%, but that was to my partner, Landon. So I doctored the documents to see if he would catch it. And you'll have to ask him if he did. That's all I'll say. But outside of that, the highest I've ever charged or been able, legal, you know, in the contract to charge was 10%. And I asked one of my attorney friends, what is best? And again, kind of differing opinions, but the answers were all in the same vein. Percentages may have been off a little bit, but if you're lending to, let's say, a real estate investor, a rehabber, a flipper, you're not providing a first lien for a seller finance note down the line to the inline borrower. This is just a business-to-business transaction, investor-to-investor transaction for, let's say, a house flip. That is not a consumer loan. That is a business loan. So the protections aren't necessarily the same. Whereas if you are loaning somebody, knowingly lending to an owner-occupant that you've put through and had them go through a mortgage loan originator, and they've passed all the tests and paid all the fees and all that. But at the end of the day, that is a consumer loan. And consumers are extremely protected by the government. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. Your average Joe on the street, I don't know how much real estate knowledge that they would have. You know, Maybe that's changed with all the television, but it's a point neither here nor there. point I'm trying to ramble through here is that as long as you're staying away from the owner-occupants, then what I would say, whatever the averages that you see in commercial loans, ask around and see kind of what those penalties are. Go to your RIA meetings and just ask, what are the penalties? that you guys are seeing for this type of loan or to hard money lenders, what are their penalty rates is a great place to start. But that way you can kind of get in line with more of the lending industry. And that is looked upon differently than a consumer because being in the lending industry, being a real estate investor and sort of my take on this from what I've seen is that it implies a certain level of sophistication that would take somebody out of just the average 
consumer category. The courts kind of expect a certain level of sophistication, but that also means that with that sophistication, if you do something improper, you do something wrong or break the law, whether it be intentional or not, I'm talking from like an unintentional aspect here, gouging somebody, for example, with that sophistication comes usually pretty stiff penalties though. So just because they're not a consumer doesn't mean that it's, you don't have to worry about getting just a slap on the wrist or more. I mean, it's, you still have to worry about any repercussions and, you know, it's a business deal. So treat it as such. Now, the question as to, you know, whether to use and charge the penalty or not is going to be up to you. Absolutely make sure that mechanism is in place in your documents. And that's what your attorney's there to, to make sure it's in there. And look, a lot of times you'll get a doc prep form from your attorneys. So it's going to have all the, the information they need to know. Who's the lender, address, yada, 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 the borrower, are they married? I make the borrower fill out most of it. And then I fill out my info and I pass it on to the attorney so they can draft the documents. But I would start with, sometimes the, those documents are blank. What percentage do you want? So I write in as high as I can get. I'll do 10 or 12%. One time when I showed my attorney friend the 15% that I jokingly did to Landon, yeah, he said, you know, this depends. It's not out of the realm for certain businesses and certain industries. So you just have to be careful. And I have another lawyer friend who says, you know what? Why risk it? Why don't you just mirror what the consumers are charged and dealt with? And then that way you don't have to worry about it. And that's certainly another way of looking at it, which you know, I'm not here to tell you which is better. I like to use the late payment penalties as I want it to make it sting. You know, I want it to make the borrower have even more skin in the game and that my note is more important because you're going to see people who, you know, their rehab is crumbling. It's a, you're about to have to take it back, and yet you catch them at Perry Steakhouse. And I'm not talking about for Pork Chop Friday when it's half off. I'm talking about primetime Saturday night full portions. Read in the polka band in the corner. I don't want that encounter at the Steakhouse or the Sizzler or the Red Lobster, wherever. I don't want to have that encounter. So my penalties are there to let them know that I mean business. If you don't follow the agreed contract, I'm going to nail you with this. You know, it's going to sting. It's going to come out of your profit. Let's assume it's a profitable transaction. And look, it happens, man. All right. The road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? So things are going to happen. It, then it's at your discretion to, you know, okay, I'm going to waive the fee. So for me, it's the fee is going to be there by contract. And it's up to me to take it away. And I have taken it away with folks before. You know, if they're upfront and honest with me and they come to me ahead of time and say, look, it's going to be, I might be late or whatever. This is the situation. You know, I mean, a guy comes up to me and says, I can pay you, Keith, or I can pay my child support. <laughs> All right, I didn't like that answer, but what the hell, man? That obligation is a little bit more important than mine. Not much, not much, but, you know, a little bit, you know, that's all it takes. <laughs> but I got my money two weeks later and I told him, don't worry about it. You know, he put the extra money in with the late fee and all that. I was like, no, don't worry about it. And he came to me ahead of time. And to me, he handled the situation like a business person. So at that point, it's up to you. It was up to me to wave, and I waved it. And other people, I put the screws to them. Because especially if my involvement goes from passive to now I got to get involved, I'm not a happy person. You know, that's why I like private lending. Let me do my work up front, and then boom, put the wheels in motion and check the account once a month. But now if I got to go chasing you and stuff like that, I'm going to put the screws to you because I can by contract. And my lawyer has put together that contract at the expense of the borrower. That's the best. I mean, just. I would love to walk into a Fidelity, a Schwab or whatever, and say, these are the stocks I want to buy. I want to buy uh, Berkshire Hathaway. I want to buy IBM. 
and I want to buy that hot new pot stock, you know? And by the way, you're going to pay the $12.99 commission for it. And I'd love to do that. I don't know of any other way. You're going to do everything and you're going to pay for it. And I'm going to take the gains. That's just cool. I'm now so far down the tangent. I'm back in college somewhere drinking Lone Star beer. So yeah, just always by, by automatically have all those penalties in place. Talk to your borrower. Say, look, this is what I do. This is what I charge. And if your payment's due on the first and then by day five, it's late or day 10 or whatever. And that, that's another thing you need to talk to your lawyer about is the grace period for a real estate loan versus consumer. But talk that over with your lawyer. I can't speak for that. But yeah, make sure the borrower is fully aware. Because I mean, honestly, have you read every piece of paper in front of you at a closing ever, even on your personal residence? No. If it was your dream home, you didn't give a shit, right? You just let me sign. I want to get in there. I mean, or in my case, you know, this is the house the wife wants, man. Let me, you know, boom. I'm not going to sit there and read everything. And I'm an investor. Now, I'm not proud of that. It's kind of embarrassing, but it's the truth. But go walk through everything with them, lay it all out, and don't be afraid to use it. People come to you ahead of time and say, hey, look, this is the situation. Fine. Okay. I'll work with you. You come to me, I'll help you. But you leave me in the dark, God help you. I'm going to wind down the show today a little bit off topic. Back in February of 2018, right after I'd started this podcast, I attended the Grant Cardone 10X Growth Conference at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas and saw a lot of people speak. And I saw a lot of people trying to sell or scratch that. I saw a lot of people successfully selling you know, huge product courses and whatnot. And I was just there trying to take it all in, you know? And one of the gentlemen who spoke on stage, I remember uh, <laughs> they introduced him and I turned to the guy next to me. I said, who's this guy? He owns some supplement shop or something. I was like, oh, okay. So, well, if he's here, let's check it out. And he comes out and right away, I'm like, my swag meter's up, you know, I'm like, oh, look at this guy. Okay. Coming out on stage, I'll strut and, you know, Thinking he's badass. I'm like, okay, he lifts some weights. You know, he's not like Lou Ferrigno, Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the Iron Man days or not. You know, he's a big dude. And he starts walking around and, and talking about how he was in the bathroom before he went on stage and he found, you know, this is a paper towel from somebody who dried their hands. Not sitting on the floor by the wastebasket. And he started his talk about how it's as simple things like that. You're not too good to bend down and pick that up, even if it's not yours. And he talked to, started talking about the culture in his shop and his warehouses and what his employees and what he tries to foster and how he does it and why accountability was so key. And I wish I could remember everything this guy said because I was very much impressed. He won me over fairly quickly. And then I realized, like, this guy's not selling anything. But it wasn't just a rah-rah speech, you know? Like, I'm going to make you a millionaire overnight. It wasn't like that at all. He talked about his podcast. So I looked him up and the podcast was different, but it's taken me about a year to go from, you know, casual listener to daily listener and he doesn't sell anything. And so if you are looking for not just motivation in business or investing or how to be an online marketer or how to use whatever, how to, if you just want to learn the basics from somebody who's not trying to profit from it, there's no course to buy. He doesn't push his products from his other companies. He just has this podcast. One of the reasons why I've gone sponsorless, I thought I needed that when I started off because that's, that's what the polished, successful podcasts I were listening to that I enjoyed. They all had sponsors. So that's what I did. I was okay, but I spent a lot of time trying to convince people to become a sponsor and then keeping them sponsored and, and whatnot. And it, it just bogged it down and it got to the point where I don't want to be that commercial, not yet. And look, 
Linda Nation, if you're listening to this, don't get me wrong. Someday I hope to have a product that I'm proud of that I can exchange with you for money. I want to profit. I am a capitalist. I have a philosophy degree, but I'm also a capitalist. So yes, at some point in time, I want to monetize this show, but it's because of this guy. And I might as well go ahead and tell you his name now because I kind of botched this, but his name is Andy Frisella and his podcast is the MF CEO Project. And he asks on every episode, when I say things, leave a rating and review, go to the website, go to social, yada, yada, yada. Andy does something that is amazing, amazingly simple, and yet amazingly effective at the same time. He says the podcast is not free, that he does charge a fee, but the fee is not money. The fee is if you find value in his show, each episode, if you find some value in it, tell a friend, however you want to tell them. Tell them on the phone, text them, email them, whatever. Just tell them about the MFCEO project. And just for the record, that does stand for mother CEO. And Andy tells you that at the beginning of every podcast. But here's a guy who's not selling anything directly on his podcast. He's not using his podcast necessarily to monetize anything. He just gives like advice and how-to stuff and <laughs> buckle up, buttercup, you know, because if you want success, it's not, it ain't free. Freedom's not free. Success isn't free. You got to work for it. And that resonates really well with me, the way I was raised and how this podcast came together after I read The Richest Man in Babylon was take one-tenth of your money and make it work for you. Put it to use, you know, find people who do whatever it is you want to invest in and get let them, you know, trust them with your money and let them do the hard work, right? You work hard at your job, right? So I'm doing insurance adjusting. I'm doing some real estate on the side and I work hard for that. But at the same time, now I let the people who are dealing with contractors make, make the money for me. Do I make as much as them? No, I'm not as actively involved as they are. I don't have a problem with that. But Andy's, it just comes back and I've been listening to it more and more. I mean, I listen to the Vaynerchuk and Stuman and a few others, but with Andy's, it's really, it's really there because you can tell he's a passionate individual. And I have not met him. I have no affiliation with him. I'm just passing it on that I find a lot of value in his show. And so I figured I'd tell as many people as possible on episode 65 and just put it out there. That go listen to Andy Frisella at the MF CEO Project, Apple, iTunes, you know, wherever there's podcasts, just like with my private lender here, podcast, you know, go listen to it. He is a bit of an acquired taste. I'm not going to lie as most people who shoot from the hip are oftentimes viewed as. But yeah, no, go check it out. I'd appreciate it if you would. Outside of what I've gained and the value I've gained from the MFCEO project and listening to it, there's one thing I wanted to talk about, about Andy, that is the most amazing part. That's the most amazing effect of him using this method of tell a friend. If you find value, please tell a friend, tell somebody that might be able to use it or just tell anybody. Just put the word out there because he doesn't have sponsors. He doesn't charge. He's not selling. And this guy is number one in iTunes. So I'm going to steal that from Andy, but I'm letting you know that I'm going to steal it. And rather than, you know, all this social, just tell somebody, spread the word, tell your friend, tell your coworker, tell your kid's friend, make your kid uncomfortable. That's the best part about being a parent of a, a tween. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, just, you know, please. Spread the word. That's all I ask, which is sort of in line with what I've done in the past. You know, I ask that you like, give me a rating and review because that certainly does help and it's the quickest way to go. But I like the simplicity of it. But I also want to thank you for your time and for listening today. And until next time, I wish you happy and prosperous.
private lending. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Private Lender Podcast with your host, Keith Baker. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit privatelenderpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time.